Bitcoin is on the move once again. It is Sunday afternoon on the East Coast, about 3.48 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, greetings to all of you, wherever you are around the world. I love the fact that we have so many people from all over the world coming together with a common interest, a common goal in terms of looking at cryptocurrencies, investments, markets, economy, things like that. Wherever you are, I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. So let's take a look at uh, Bitcoin and see what's going on today. We have the markets, and I'm sure you've been watching this. Bitcoin's been up and down in the range a little bit, that 30 to 32, 33, even pushing $34,000 range. We're going to look at that a little bit. Ethereum's come down a little bit. It was pushing 1900 It may have touched 2000 um, over the weekend, maybe Friday into Saturday. Now it's back down to about 1800 Ethereum could be one to watch. That could be a good play. Uh, as we continue this market correction that we're in, if Ethereum gets down to around $1,000, $1,200, that could be a really good long-term buy. There are some upgrades coming to Ethereum. We still have some work to do in the markets. As you can see, it's looking like Christmas in June. Got a lot of red, a lot of green. But Ethereum can be a good one to keep an eye on where you might have a lot more potential upside than in Bitcoin, for instance, here in the near future. Bitcoin may make some moves upwards, but it's not going to be as significant as uh, Ethereum, which could, based on where it ends up uh, in terms of this correction, it could be uh, something that could double or triple in the near term versus Bitcoin. It's going to take a while for Bitcoin to get back up to those upper upper level ranges. And we'll talk about that here next. But just want to take a look at the crypto markets overall. And uh, as we get into Bitcoin here and the price of where we're at now, 32,850 all time highs, the thing to keep in mind, so a lot of people are really expecting Bitcoin to hit 100,000 by the end of the year. A lot of people are wondering uh, if Bitcoin is oversold, if Bitcoin is a bargain, if it's on sale, then why are we not moving up? Why are these short positions getting liquidated? and we're not moving up, uh, what is going on with Bitcoin? Well, you got to remember that a year ago, let's go back to June 27 of 2020, Bitcoin closed at $9,165 a year ago. So let's go back uh, about six months before that and uh, before the March crash or even after the March crash when it leveled off. Um, well, let's go back before the March crash because I think... Um, we want to get back to about, we're in December, November. Um, yeah, if you go back about 18 months, here we go. 18 months back into the beginning of 2020, Bitcoin was trading around $3,400 in this range here after a little bit of a correction back in the beginning of 2020. And then it rose up. We hit 13, 14,000 in June of, uh, well, this is 2019, I'm sorry, not, 20, not 2020, but back in 2019, it was in the 3,000 range. We got up to um, 14,000 in June of 2019. So two years ago, it was at 14,000. That was a wick. It closed right around 12, 13,000. Then we had a little sell-off and it dropped down to 6,000. Then it started working its way back up in March before the pandemic and it hit you know around that 10,000, 11,000 range. Then we got the March sell-off. That was an anomaly. We could have very well been the beginning of the bull run, I always say, goes back to about February, January, February of 2020 before the March pandemic issue. And then we danced around that 9, 10,000 range for a while before we started the bull run, which I'm going to say was September. If you look in this time frame here, that was about September of 2020 when we really started that bull run to the $65,000 level. So 
you're really looking at a fair market value before this um, post-pandemic liquidity-infused bull run of 2020 into 2021 and where we stand now. So what the market's trying to do is it's trying to determine fair market value of Bitcoin. And if you started from $10,000 a year ago and into that five, 6,000 a couple of years ago, uh, it's really hard to call $32,000 a bargain from an institutional perspective. Now, remember, I'm talking from the perspective of an investor, perspective of an institutional investor, and the professional investors that are all looking at this asset now um, that a lot of people are looking to for the future of this asset in terms of driving the price over $100,000. And um, so really what we're going to look at is we know where we are. We're, we're dancing around in this range. And what we've really got is we're still in a downtrending market. So you need to look at your timeframes on a daily, weekly, and monthly timeframe to um, verify and understand and um, confirm the trends daily, daily, weekly, monthly. And we're still in a downtrend. We're still putting in um, uh, lower highs and lower lows. That's still what we're doing on a daily trend. When you look at weekly, it's the same thing. We are still putting in lower highs and lower lows. And on a monthly, we are still in a monthly downtrend, lower highs, lower lows. So until that changes, we have not reversed the trend. And what is it going to take to reverse the trend? You got to start putting in higher highs and higher lows. Right now, our benchmark is we have to get back above 35,000. We have to get a close above 35,000, um, really into that 36,000 range to kind of reverse trend here. Then our next benchmark is 38,000. Then our next, next benchmark is going to be 40,000. And that's really what you need to see is you, literally you need to see the trend reverse and start higher highs and higher lows. And I know that sounds you know silly or simple, but really people forget that that's really what you're looking for in terms of a trend reversal. You can't go down to the hourly time frame and look at these uh, movements over an hourly time frame and hang your hat on anything here because anything can happen in the hourly. That's where a lot of the trading is done. That's where the liquidity is, is created. And this is really where a lot of that up and down movement is going to happen. So really your trends are confirmed on the daily, the weekly, and the monthly. That's what you have to look at. And then you want to look at these overall patterns. And what we talked about and some of the things that we were looking at were, were these macro, you know, head and shoulder pattern that everybody's been talking about, right? So if we have something like this developing, then this could potentially put our downside back down to that $10,000 level if this macro head and shoulder confirms. The question is, is that really possible in the life cycle of Bitcoin now? Can we really go below that 20,000 range, which is a really good level of confirmation, but there were some hiccups and issues around that rising up into the 20,000. But this macro head and shoulders will take you down to that 10, $12,000 range if that's what this is. And if we see continued downward motion, then you're seeing this trend, this market cycle complete full circle. Now, the other thing that's really interesting here um, that uh, to look at is that's one thing is you could look at a, you know, a massive head and shoulders going on here and that could completely get invalidated if this right shoulder here continues to move sideways in between that 30 to 33, 34,000 range. And then if it bumps up and goes to that 30, 
435 to 40,000 range and back down. It could very well do that for months and months. It could sit here and bounce up in that range of 35 to 40 and then down 30 to 35. It could bounce around like that up and down, up and down for several months. And if it does that, then it could very well be that Bitcoin is putting that bottom in at 30,000 and confirming that range. And what's really going on is the, the institutions are getting their trading desks ready. They're going through compliance. They're getting all their approvals. SEC is starting to take a look at things. We need regulation for adoption at scale at the institutional level, which is ultimately going to drive the price up and get Bitcoin back to that $100,000 level and beyond. The only way to get Bitcoin up to those levels and beyond is going to be broad scale institutional adoption with lots of regulation. They need, the institutions need assurance, not only just because, but from a fiduciary standpoint, they have mandates um, within their organizations that they, they can only invest in certain things. They have to be regulated, they have to be rated, and they have to have relative assurance that the asset's not gonna fall off a cliff again, like we've seen with Bitcoin. Um, it is too unpredictable right now, too volatile for broad adoption, broad scale adoption at the institutional level, and for sovereign wealth funds, um, countries, insurance funds, where the big money potentially lies for Bitcoin. You need more stability, you need regulation, and you need assurance that the asset is going to be able to be a little bit more consistent of a store of value moving forward without these huge price, price uh, fluctuations. So the volatility. So that's what we're looking at there, macro head and shoulders. The other thing that's really interesting is this, uh, somebody pointed this out, and this could also be a big cup and handle um, that we could be looking at, a massive cup and handle. And again, if the cup and handle completes, if you research cup and handle, that will take you back down to that $10,000, $20,000 range as well, um, if that's what's playing out here. So if this is not a massive head and shoulders, this could be a giant cup and handle formation taking shape. Um, if you Google that, you can see there was somebody that wrote an article about that, an analyst that wrote an article about that. Um, head and shoulders pattern on Twitter um, that I found pretty fascinating. So thought I would show that to you. And uh, it's really interesting, um, these things here. So now, how do you know when the trend is reversing? So we already talked about it. You need those higher highs and higher lows, um, reversing on the daily, weekly, monthly. And of course, your daily is going to be your first indication. The other thing is this hash ribbon indicator. So on TradingView, you can get the hash ribbon indicator. And when this prints a blue buy button, that generally has um, uh, triggered the bottom. Well, it doesn't trigger the bottom, but it indicates the bottom um, of the cycles. And if you go back in the history of Bitcoin and you look for these blue buy signals, generally pretty much in, throughout the history of Bitcoin, as long as this hash ribbon indicator uh, has been available, when it prints a blue buy button, that generally signifies the bottom of the market within a couple of days. Um, so you can go research what the hash ribbon indicator is. You can Google that hash ribbon indicator for Bitcoin. There's some really great articles out there about it that explain what the hash rate's all about, how that works, what the hash ribbon actually indicates. Um, really goes into detail with some charts that shows you the cycle of the hash ribbon and how it works in terms of where it prints the gray dot into the green dot into the blue buy button, what that indicates and where in the cycle based on the years. So really great article. Um, stopsaving.com, invest instead, stopsaving.com. Jonathan Hobbs, he has some articles on this, does some great technical analysis. I'm going to have him on the channel here next week um, to take us through some of his charts and what he's seeing in Bitcoin uh, from the institutional perspective. 
Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But this is a great article on that hash ribbon indicator. Definitely something you want to take a look at and uh, in relation to Bitcoin and see how that um, how that works and something to monitor and watch in terms of actually calling that bottom. And really, almost any trader will tell you until you get that blue buy button on the hash ribbon indicator, it's really not time. Uh, we really haven't bottomed and haven't signified a bottom. And again, we, we're still in this range here of the downtrend. And if this thing continues to straight down, then this massive head and shoulders is playing out, cup and handle, whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of ways to look at that. Uh, but like I said, our path to 100,000 is regulation, institutional adoption, and consistency of the stability of the asset. That is what the institutions, sovereign wealth funds, insurance funds, pensions funds, hedge funds, not only are looking for, but are mandated to. They have to have rated, stable um, assets with long history. The fact that even that they're even putting trading desks together for this asset um, and cryptocurrencies at large, a lot of them are looking for exposure to the entire crypto market is pretty um, phenomenal and fascinating, you know, as, as short um, of a history that these assets in this space has, um, that, that you're getting the institution's attention like we are. And it's because of the returns. And most of them are looking just for exposure to the asset to trade price action, volatility and inefficiencies in markets and across markets. Now, what are the risks? What do you need to be watching out for? One is... Um, a lot of articles out there about finance in Europe um, being shut down. So um, you want to make sure that you pay attention to the news. I know that a lot of people um, don't want to don't want to watch the news and, you know, you worry about FUD and things like that. Well, uh, you know, buy on the rumor, sell on the news and, um, you know, news affects markets and FUD is reality until it's proven otherwise and it can move markets. So right now, Binance is having some issues in Europe. Um, a lot of things going on there. So keep an eye on that. There's still a lot of challenges that the industry is facing in terms of regulation, in terms of corruption, in terms of things like that. Tether, um, you know, Fed officials are taking a good hard look at Tether. There's some articles out there about Tether. And there was a big uh, chunk of liquidity that was moved out of Tether into the markets. I believe it was last night. Today is June 27th, over a billion dollars. So um, there's speculation that that was just printed by Tether and moved on to the exchanges. And there is speculation that Tether is just printing liquidity um, to prop up the markets. So you really want to do your research on Tether, figure out what that's all about. So that, that liquidity moving could be one of three things. It could be Tether printing. It could be investors moving their cash out of Tether because Tether is under investigation. The New York Attorney General is investigating them. Now the Federal Reserve is taking a look at them. The central banks are taking a look at them. The SEC is taking a look at them. Um, so there's a lot of issues with Tether right now in terms of disclosure, in terms of what is Tether really backed by. Their speculation is supposed to be backed by the dollar, dollar for dollar. Um, their report indicated that it's only about 7%. If that much of Tether is actually backed by dollar, that it's commercial paper and other things that are actually backing it up. So nobody really knows what the real liquidity of Tether is, meaning if investors want to withdraw, they may not be able to, um, uh, they, they may not have the funds to allow investors to withdraw. So that could create a big problem for the markets. Tether's about 40, well, let's take a look right now um, at what Tether is. Tether right now is um, 60 billion in market cap. Circulating supply is 62 billion. So if investors want to redeem that cash, um, you know, they need to be able to create $62 billion worth of liquidity, which is basically 10% of the overall market cap right now, Bitcoin. 
and um, a little bit less uh, of the entire crypto market. It's about 5%. So, you know, that's not going to take the market down, but it could create a problem. So keep an eye on Tether. Do your research there. Do your research on Binance. There's a lot of things out there that are creating headwind for the crypto market, but Bitcoin is holding up um, in general with all of these things going on and the uncertainty out there. And these things need to be cleared. They need to be cleaned up and we need to get regulation in place in order for Bitcoin to get to the next level. And until we do that, it's just not going to happen. Bitcoin is not going to reverse course and shoot to 100,000 this year without, um, without regulation, without broad scale adoption by institutions. They want entry. This is price discovery here. You're hearing that 20,000 range for a reason because that's what the industry thinks the fair market value of Bitcoin is right now. So we very well may be putting in a midterm top at that 40,000 level. So, um, you know, naturally they're going to want to buy in below that, that 50% below that for their entry. But over time, you got to understand once the institutions get in and start driving the price from 10, 20,000, wherever the bottom ends up being into that $40,000 range, then you get more and more institutions in there, more and more funds in there. And that ultimately is what can drive the value of the asset. Remember how Wall Street makes their money. They make their money on fees. They make their money on moving money and they make their money. The more money they have under management, the more money they make. So they have every incentive to drive the price up ultimately uh, and, and increase the value of the asset ultimately because they're going to get fees on capital that they have that they're managing. They're going to get fees on trading and they're going to get fees on the amount of money that they earn. So the more money they have to invest, the more money that they're making, the more money they earn, the more money they're making for investors, the more money that they earn. And remember who pension funds, hedge funds and all those life companies are. They're individuals like uh, you and me that have pensions that have that are teachers, it could be firefighters, police officers, could be government workers. So these are pension funds, life insurance companies, investment funds that um, are invested in mutual funds, you know, things like that. So once ETFs come along and those types of things, that's a lot of money out there. That's trillions of dollars in that space that could potentially enter the market. And that's ultimately what can drive the market cap of the entire crypto space up. But before that can happen, we need regulation, we need stability, we need broad scale adoption, we need consistency of the asset in and of itself and regulation of the industry. And we've got to weed out all the bad apples and all the weak stuff like Tether that uh, are doing those types of things. Same thing as staking. You hear about staking and um, uh, these uh, DeFi spaces where you can deposit your tokens and earn interest. You need to really dig into that because a lot of them are just printing tokens to pay you interest. So it's not the interest income is not being um, driven from uh, income that the uh, you know underlying company or protocol is generating or the business model behind the token. A lot of times they're just printing tokens to return investment capital, which essentially is a Ponzi scheme. That's kind of how that works um, or a, a pyramid scheme, if you will. So you need to really make sure you vet these things that you're staking, vet these um, DeFi um, entities that you are uh, placing your tokens with to earn interest and make sure that they're not just printing tokens to pay you back, that they're actually generating income through fees or through revenues of their users of the protocol um, that you're investing in. So do your homework, make sure you study that, understand how that's working, understand how Tether's working, look into Binance, those types of things. If you're gonna be invested in an asset or an industry, you need to understand the industry and how it works. You don't wanna just blindly throw money in and, and just hold on you know, forever without knowing what it is you're getting into because the industry is changing. It's not going anywhere, but it is changing. 
and those changes will affect the value up and down. So you need to know where you are in that cycle so that you can make good decisions to protect yourself. And if you're relying on your holdings to sustain your lifestyle, you need to be aware of where the market's going so that you can pull liquidity out in advance to make sure that you've got enough cash to be able to sustain your lifestyle. If Bitcoin goes down to 10,000 or if it goes up to 100,000, um, if the goal is um, holding Bitcoin long term, you want to sell at the upper ranges, accumulate more when it's on the lower end so that you can build your holdings. And then you want to withdraw liquidity as you go along so that you can have cash on hand to sustain your lifestyle. Um, you don't want to just blindly rely on Bitcoin forever going up or cryptocurrencies because that may or may not happen. We don't know. Nobody can predict the future. We don't know what, what um, systemic risks there are to the system. Nobody knows. There's no way to know. So you want to be careful. You want to make sure that you cover yourself, protect yourself, protect your assets. Um, remember, the number one rule of investing, preservation of capital. So uh, keep an eye on things. Do your homework. Be safe out there and have a great rest of the weekend.